The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. I don't take into account All I take into account is they kicked our ass today. That's what I take into account. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They have 136 draft beers, Andrew. They have a 50-foot TV. I hope they have puke buckets. It's, it's too bad they don't have 137 beers. They should. They need like a... They need like a I don't know they they have it all though they have your food your beer your liquor uh, because you need every ounce of it to survive this football season as it just gets more miserable but sink, sinks further into the abyss it does but you got five weeks left of Saints football you got LSU tomorrow Thanksgiving you got a bowl game for LSU you got the college football playoff you got a lot of reasons to go to the Pe- the Pelican House 2572 City Place Court they support us so you should support them all right Andrew wait hold on are there any NFL games on Thanksgiving uh yeah and none so of what, what what's it with LSU playing on Thanksgiving Day? Are they competing with the NFL? Yeah, they have college games on the NFL. The uh, the 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 LSU and Texas A&M is going to be a new Thanksgiving Day tradition. Yeah, I kind of hate that. I I, I kind of liked when it was Arkansas on Friday. I, I was yeah, the big Friday, into that. The thing about the Friday game though is the crowd the crowd at LSU is just always terrible. Yeah, I'm very hungover. Yeah, that's true. It's just like it's like people are like, "Fuck, I'm full from Thanksgiving. I don't. I, I'd rather tailgate on Saturday." So I mean, it it um it's one thing, but Andrew, the Saints are four and seven. I said in my column, they just they just exhaust me. I just I don't know. You know, I. I'm not going to pull form to lose because they're still in first place. But I find myself caring less and less if they win the division title. And I know that's horrible to say, and I hate the Saints for making me feel that way. But this team, they are fucking terrible on defense. Yeah. Are they Spags 2012 level? Because it looked to me like they were. Well, I don't think it's so much. So Spags was a was a dumpster fire from from minute one, and I think with this unit, it, it's kind of like they started off so bad, they started to improve a little bit, you know. And it's, th- this defense has felt more like a one step forward, two steps back, more more so than the Spags era where it was just, you know, two two steps back followed by two steps back. 
But I think the di- I think the difference is, I mean, I personally, you know, Pierre Warren makes a big play there, and that's that's really the only thing he did in that game. I thought he was a disaster at free safety. I really I thought his angles were terrible. I thought his tackling was atrocious. I thought his uh, coverage he was slow. You know, getting over to to guys to help in coverage. So I I just thought his head was swimming. He wasn't ready, and to me, Raphael Bush was sorely missed in that game. And I'm okay. not saying I'm not saying that Forsett wouldn't have gashed the Saints, but a lot of those runs, Ralph, that were like six yards, seven yards, eight yards, Raphael Bush game over. You know how well he tackles. Th- those runs would have been done right right then and there. Yeah. Instead, those runs that were normally eight yards, 12 yards, were going for 20 and 35. Um, and so th- that to me was a big difference. And then you look at Broderick Bunkley, who's, in my opinion, the, the the whole key to the Saints stopping the run is yeah. how he plays. He goes out, he's done, and now you got John Jenkins in there. So I think the attrition is really what's killed this team. I mean, now you're looking at Pierre Warren, who obviously is not a good last line of defense against the run, and now you've got John Jenkins, who's going to have to start and play a lot of a lot of reps at, at nose tackle. And all of a sudden, I, I just think because of the injuries now you've got a defense that's not really capable of stopping the run. There's and Andrew, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some eggheads or people that are going to jump out and say, well, if he's on an NFL roster, he's NFL quality, but I'm just going to say it. Their secondary from the first guy to like the dime guy. It's not NFL quality anymore. Well, You're you missing, can all, well, you can always not. improve. You can always improve. And I, I think you, there's ways you can get better. I mean, tackling, to me, is still a basic thing. I mean, you, yeah. you, you still like if you have an opportunity to tackle a guy, that that comes down to technique and that comes down to being aggressive. And I think once again, we're just seeing the Saints, the confidence in low and losing breeds losing. And it's one of those yeah. things where I, I think these guys are all pressing right now, and yeah. I think they're all trying to do too much as opposed to you know they're losing trust in the scheme. And when you lose trust in the scheme, you start doing things that you're not supposed to do, and then that's when the whole thing starts to blow up in your face. Yeah, and I mean, you know, people may got a got on Vaccaro, but I think he made good points. I don't know if it was his comments this past week, but the week before, he's like, you know, as players, when you're in crisis and, and your defense is struggling, you almost have to be selfish in a sense of my job is to be in this gap or in this coverage, I'm supposed to be here. I'm going to be here. That's my job. The rest of you assholes, you need to be where you need to be. I'm not going to worry about you. I'm going to worry about me and what I have to do. And I thought that was really telling in that I think you're right. I think that it – I didn't feel like they quit, Andrew, because I felt like they came out in the second half and their energy on the on the, on the the line of scrimmage on defense was better. I agree. It was much better. And I even tweeted, I was like, they're coming out and they're like, this is our season. We got to win this game. And they're playing like it. And they did. But the problem is you you can, you can, you can rah, rah, and you can scream and you can get them. You can, you can say, get the crowd into it. And you can have all this emotion you want, but you got to stack good play after good play after good play. And they just can't. Well, here's the thing, Ralph, if they had a good secondary, it's not like they got gashed the whole game, every single play. They they had, I mean, there were numerous plays that were made in the backfield. You know, there was 
Lofton had one, Akeem Hicks had one, John Jenkins had one, Marcus Ball had one. I mean, they hit those guys for losses occasionally. But what happens is your defense gets into third and eight, third and 11, and the off the, the other team is, is converting at will on these third and long distances, and and you start to lose focus, you know, and, and it's hard to continually stop the run against an offensive line like that against the running back that by the There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. The way has had a great season. I mean, he was averaging 5.4 yards per carry coming in. So he was already playing really well. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, Ralph, the biggest issue is that the, the pass defense is, is a culprit in that, too. I just think there were times, there were numerous times where they could have gotten off the field and, you know, Flacco had too much time. I mean, they would send guys blitzing and leave, leave guys in a 1 1 1 coverage. And, you know, when you get a first down, then you have a whole new set of downs, and that's when they started breaking yeah. runs. And the thing is, too, I mean, you know, we did the Rob Ryan big big chart of defense last year, and, you know, one of the focuses was situational football and third down and distances and all that. But Well, the they last, burned that to the ground yesterday. The, 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 the last two weeks, Andrew, opponents are com- converting 70%. 69.4 if you round 69.4 we'll, we'll round up to say I mean seven. they're that's, that's, they're not doing anything well right now defensively yeah. Ralph I mean you, you look at it you look at set you're giving up 70% of third downs and a lot of these I mean you'll agree with me a lot of these haven't been third and inches and third no. and two they've been third and six to third you, and 14 they're, they're the spot you want to be in no they're in the spot they want to be in and so you look at Jeremy Hill and you look at for set and you look at the yardage that they've put up and your immediate thought is, well, they're not stopping the run. But then you look at all these down and distance and third downs where they could have had a chance to get off the field and they're not doing that either. So, you know, it's one of those things where I I think just purely looking at the rushing yardage um, isn't fair because when you're giving up first downs, the offense is staying on the field. Whereas if you get a stop there, they don't have a first and 10 or an opportunity to run the ball again because they have to punt. Yeah. Um, you know, and on Twitter, I argued back and forth with people. And, and, and as Andrew said before we started the podcast, I was I was angry and bitter last night. I was in like I was in like full doom, sadness, angry, bitter. mood. Yeah, but you, you're usually I mean, you, you've got, you know, your your doom side, Ralph. Yeah. So yeah. There, there's like the standard Ralph doom. <laughs> this wasn't standard Ralph doom. This was 
angry, angry, depressed. It was. I burn was. it to the ground, Ralph. I was, and I was, and I was arguing with the people that were coming at me saying they want to get rid of Drew Brees. But I can shut those people down. I just say, if you want to get rid of Drew Brees, fine. Give me a plan. Give me a name for a 2015 quarterback that has a 90 quarterback rating, and they shut up. Um, but the thing that I, I was arguing with people is, is Rob Ryan. They, like, fire his ass. Um, how much of this is his fault and how much of it is not? Because I well, feel – I've already mentioned a- the injury. I, I, I think the biggest issue for this team – I've said it before. I'll say it again, Ralph. It's depth caused by the cap issues. The yeah. Saints just don't have great depth. They, they've been decimated at safety. They lose Jarris Bird. They lose Raphael Bush. They lose Sinceri. Now they bring a guy who's starting that didn't even make the team, Ralph. They have to bring a guy back from off the street from a practice squad to to come start on a week's notice. Yeah. That yeah. that's how depleted they're, they're now down to their fourth free safety. Yeah. And um, you, you know, so I, I think part of it's just this team had had an unbelievable string of bad luck at free safety, but just in general, you look at the injuries, they're not set up. I think to absorb these injuries like they have in the past well no team really is though it's true it's true but i think if you look at 2009 i think if you look at some of the injuries they had i mean zach streif at right tackle was a backup i mean you look at carl nix came in for jamar nesbitt who was the starter before him you know the the saints just had some real depth at some of these positions Um, you know, where now, I mean, you, Bobby McRae was the third defensive end behind Charles Grant and Ooh, I know. Uh, Will God, Smith. Who you would, uh, Bobby, Mc, I, I would kill to have Bobby McRae. Yeah, no. So I, I just yeah, think you look up true. and down the roster, the, right. the depth, you know, a lot of the guys that are backing up these starters are undrafted free agents, undrafted rookie free agents or guys that were undrafted rookie free yeah. agents a no, year ago. A- and I just think and that, that part of that's just the cap situation. You invest in Jimmy Graham and Drew Brees. And so, uh, you know, unfortunately, they've been hit by injuries and the guys that have come in just aren't good enough. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of happened to Atlanta last year, too. You get your you know, you're I mean, when you get when you get to be an elite team and you have these elite players, you got to pay them. So you become sort of top heavy. Um, and that's just the way it goes. And I think, you know, let's not overlook the fact that they went out and got Jarris Bird. And yeah, he only played what, three. He played Three weeks, four, right, four, four, four. He played. He played a month, uh-huh. and it wasn't really working out. But you know, I feel like they went into this year saying, you know what, we're going to be weak at corner, but we're going to be good at pass rush, and we're going to have kick-ass safeties. And they didn't even get a chance to figure it out. Yeah. Well, know? and Vicaro, Vicaro is unrecognizable. But, but, but I don't even like, like he, he. To me, and I said this in last week's column, you know, they people would we murdered Jenkins, we murdered Roman Harper. Vaccaro just sort of gets a pass. He, I don't even. He's worse. He's worse. I don't. He's, even, wor- he's worse right now than Roman Harper and, and Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. I don't even know. It's like if he would have done this last year, we'd be like, it's a bust. He's a yeah. fucking train wreck bust. They should have just said pass on the pick. Um. What is it? And it well, he's already he's already said he, he's said that the injury has limited him, you know, so it, it may take him a full year to fully recover. 
Um, maybe he's just not moving as well. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you look at pro football focus. He, I think he had like the, the best tackle rate. He had yeah. like three missed tackles for the whole year. Um, and this year he leads the NFL in missed tackles. I mean, yeah. that's, that's unbelievable. It's just the difference there. It's a different player. Um, but you know, I, I'm still hopeful that Vicaro will be better next year. I think this year he's also playing in a different role. You know, you got to remember last year, the strong safety was Roman Harper and, you know, they had the luxury with Vaccaro to kind of put him in a position to succeed a lot of times. You yeah. know, he was kind of this rover, safety, slash, you know, sometimes he covers a tight end, sometimes he's in the slot. Um, but I think a lot of times they put him in situational plays, Rob Bryan did, uh, where it was easier for him maybe to succeed. Now that he's on the field kind of consistently as the strong safety, yeah. he's being asked to do more. And, uh, you know, that I, I think maybe just with time and better health, he, he'll get better at that. But he's just not there right now, clearly. This defense going forward, Andrew, we got five weeks left. They're still tied for first. So it, it pains us. You can't you know, you can't just if this if they were in any other division, you'd be like, fuck it. Pull the plug. I would be. I'd be like, fuck it. Pull the plug. Just lose and get a top five pick and be done with it. But you can't yeah. because they're tied first. But yep. they've got to at least they 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 they're not going to be 2013 because it's it's Thanksgiving people it just ain't happening. But they can't be what they were Monday. What is achievable in your mind going forward with the personnel that they have? Well, we still have to remember that there's five games remaining and three are against NFC South opponents. And as bad as this three-game landslide was at home, you got to remember they're still one play away from beating San Francisco, and we know San Francisco is a very tough football team. Yeah. I don't care what their record said before, and by the way, now they're starting to play a little better. But uh, you know, Cincinnati and, and the Ravens, in my opinion, you look at those offensive lines, you look at those defensive lines, they're just better than the Saints, top to bottom. They yeah. have better talent, they have better players. And they beat the Saints because they they should be beating them. Honestly, Cincinnati's yeah. roster they had a lot of injuries early in the year. They're getting healthy now. Their yeah. roster is loaded from top to bottom. I mean, they, I mean AJ AJ Green is as good as it gets. No, but I mean on defense, they they yeah. people make fun of Mike Brown, the owner, because he's cheap and he is. But they killed it in the Carson Palmer trade. They got a ton of picks and they hit on them. And they they did. Yeah, and they, their You're defense right. is. I mean, they have guys that like on their second and third team rotating defensive line that you would – the Saints people would kill for, like Frost, Rucker and, and all. I mean, so uh, – Yep. So, I mean, you look at Cincinnati and the Ravens, I, I think the blessing in disguise here is, you know, Atlanta, Tampa, and, and Carolina. Those are teams that the Saints can absolutely compete with regardless of the state of their defense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I firmly believe that, that this game in Pittsburgh is, is going to be a dumpster fire. I, I don't I don't expect the Saints to do well in Pittsburgh. But you go to Chicago, I mean, that defense, that offensive line is really struggling. That defense is porous. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Jay Cutler, you know, can always make bad decisions. So. They're going to – they're going to – Chicago, they – Put it this way: If Drew Brees goes to Chicago and he plays like he played last night, we'll get to him in a second. If he, if, if Drew Brees gives them a B plus game, they can win in Chicago. Now it'll be, yeah. it'll be down to the nub. Drink a fifth of Crown. Hope for uh, you know. Hope you have the ball at the end and 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 get a touchdown or fall ass backwards into a late turnover or something. But it's win. I mean, it's winnable. But the same thing. All of these are losable. Um, 
Well, I think I think as a Saints fan, you go into these games, forget Chicago, forget Pittsburgh. They're both on the road. They're both going to be cold games. I think you rightfully expect us to lose those, and, and yeah. unless something crazy happens, which is you know it's the NFL. I mean, the Raiders beat the Chiefs this past week. So, Tampa Bay and, went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, so anything can happen, but I think unless something cra- crazy happens, Pittsburgh and, and Chicago are going to beat the Saints. So, I, I, you've got three games left. In, against the NFC South, two of which are at home, one which is on the road against the weakest of those three teams. Um, and so, you know, I, I think you just got to – the Saints have to go 3-0 and in those games. If they go 3-0 and in those games, they'll finish 7-9 yep. and nine, they'll win the division. If they go 2-1, and one, they might win. If they beat Carolina and Atlanta, they might yep. – 6-10 and 10 might do it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to is – there, is there anything else on the defense? I feel like we, we've touched everything on the defense. I mean, they're just – you know, their, their secondary just can't function. They can't pass rush. I mean, the one thing I will say, I thought Junior Gallette played hard. I agree. Last night. I, I, think, I thought he was the best. Him and Lofton were kind of the only two in my mind that really and, showed up. And the thing is with Junior Gallette, that contract they gave him was a good thing. I think it w- in the long term, it'll be a good thing because he's going to get he's he's not going to get to 12 sacks. I don't think, but he's going to be he's going to be a nine to 11, nine to 12 sack guy the next couple of years. I think that contract was the right thing to do for him he plays yeah. hard he's he's better at home that's fair um you know i think the bottom bottom line is guys that get to the quarterback don't grow off trees no and if you if you can find a guy that can consistently get sacks then you have to keep him yeah and they didn't know yeah. like, like they didn't overpay like that, that like that he would have got that on the i think he probably would have got that open market maybe even a little bit more you know because yeah, I agree. You, you say it's crazy but let me tell you something if the saints saints go 6 and 10 and host a playoff game and they play the cowboys and junior Gallette has two and a half sacks and a strip fumble on tony romo and they go to arizona let's say and even if they get clobbered if he gets a, another two sacks teams are going to be like hey We'll give you sixty million. We just got Junior Gallette. Remember, he's the guy that kicked ass for the Saints in the playoffs. So, right. I mean, I, I think that contract looks okay. I mean, um, on offense, Drew Brees caught a lot of stuff on Twitter, but but Andrew, I'm gonna Ridic- agree with you. Ridiculous. I, I thought he was. I mean, I can't say he was magnificent because the throw, the interception was a. You know, it was it was more of not not, not a mental error. I think it was just a bad physical throw. Besides that. Dude was getting pressured. He was rem- fantastic, and if not for him, the Saints are lost by 21. Ralph, he was sacked four times. He was hit eight times. Yeah. I mean, I don't. He, he was pressured on every play, pretty much. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. It, if the Saints went drop back to pass 49 times, when you drop back to pass 49 times, and your offensive line is playing like that. I'm sorry, folks, but one interception is a miracle. Yeah. It's a miracle that he only turned the ball over one time, dropping back to pass 50 times against that pass rush. It, it is unbelievable that there was only one turnover. Now, it's unfortunate when it happened, 17 all, Saints are kind of driving. He throws that pick, pick six, boom, game over. Yeah. But, you know, so again, that, that's timing. But everyone's saying, oh, well, he always throws interceptions at, at the worst times. There is no good time because he has no margin. It doesn't yeah. matter when he throws it. If he throws it, the game is over because he has to play perfect for the Saints to win. Yeah, I think – I think I don't know that you said this on Twitter. You might have said this when me and you were texting back and forth. But you, you equated it, and I thought it was a great analogy. You, you equated it to a baseball team that can't score, and they got Greg Maddox out there, and he's pitching great. And in the ninth inning, 
he gives up a two-run homer and you lose two to one. Yeah, he, he's got a he, he's given up he's he's got a no-hitter going. He walks the first batter. You know, he's, you got one out in the ninth and he's got a no-hitter going, and then he gives up the two-run shot. And it's the first hit, but it gives the team two runs, and now they're up two-one. Now, he, yes, he blew it in the ninth, but can you really blame the pitcher that your offense is so inept? Yeah, I mean, um, and look, I, this offensive line—it was one of the one of my main worries. You know, we didn't look. We got this season totally wrong, Andrew, in that we thought yeah. they were going to be magnificent going well, in. Well, one thing I just want to say real quick, Ralph, about Breeze, just to finish that thought, is I, I have been hard on him at times this year. Yeah, I've I, I definitely thought there were games where he killed the team or he made mistakes. I mean, that Lions game, the the, the interception there was just inexcusable. But if I'm talking about this game in particular, I just breeze to me. This was arguably his best game of the year. Yeah. Uh, And I I thought I thought he was really good in Atlanta, but I thought this was probably right up there with the top two or three best games of the season. And he he was fantastic to me. I mean, literally that the one play. I mean, you could look at maybe the the pass to Jimmy Graham in the end Mm -hmm. zone where he throws it a little high. He missed that one. But. Other than that, I mean, he was pretty much perfect for the entire day. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, well, I wouldn't say perfect, but Joe Morgan is back, baby. He had the reverse. He had the the bomb. Um, you know, what's his role going to be going forward, Andrew? And it's interesting to me is through all of Joe Morgan's injuries and trials and tribulations, the Saints – They've never let him go, and that you know people can you can criticize him for not playing him, but there's something there that the Saints say we got to keep him because I'm I'm telling you Andrew if they would have cut him, he'd be on another team right now. Yeah, I mean you know it's one of those things with Morgan where you look at how well Colston played, you look at how well Stills played in that game, and I really do think when you hit on on those plays a couple times with one yeah. guy, it, it opens up. Everything. It allows you to stretch the field mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, anytime he's running a, a flag route or a deep route, the, the high safety has to pay attention to that. And that pulls not only because he's going to beat the corner in a straight straight line race. And so all of a sudden that pulls the safety away and it opens up the middle of the field. And so I think a lot of times, you know, Breeze would take shots down the field. He would miss. And, you know, you look at how the early season progressed. These safeties maybe weren't that terrified to go one, let a corner go one on one with some of these receivers, whether it was Stills or Brandon Cooks. And so, uh, obviously, Morgan, for whatever reason, just, is just able to make those explosive plays. And um, I think it. I, I mean, you just watch the game. I thought it helped the offense that he yeah. hit those he, two big plays early. He's one of those guys that, and it's amazing because he's blown out his knee twice. I think he's blown out each knee or the same knee. I forget. Yeah, most um, twice. Yeah. Um, but he's one of those guys, and they're rare, where you just look at them. And, 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 and Devery Henderson was like that, too. It's like, fuck, that guy's fast, even by NFL standards. You you know, like Devery yeah. Henderson, when he was at his peak, he just, he just, ran, he just ran by corners. They, and, and the thing about Devery Henderson, too, is teams would play the cover, too, and he would just outrun both the, the over-the-top coverage. Yeah, it's funny because I think if you look, if you did like 40 times between Cooks and Morgan, I think Cooks would arguably beat him uh, in, in just a straight 40-yard 40, 40 dash race. 
But I think his style of running, you know, I mean, Cooks can get jammed at the line or, you know, a corner can get a hand on him and, and kind of stay with him just by yeah. kind of getting a little contact. Whereas, and, and Cooks is a little more shifty, you know, he takes smaller steps, whereas Joe Morgan just has that long stride. And once once he gets going, I mean, you can see it's hard for these, these guys yeah. to stay with him. Yeah. Um, you know, the big disappointment, I think, with Morgan, despite those two big plays, is that he got caught from behind on both. Um, yeah. because obviously, you know, we know what happened after the end of round. Yeah. Um, the, going into the year, we said, look, I, I thought one of the big concerns besides the whole at corner, which turned out to be true was, you know, you just worry about this offensive line getting up in age. Yeah. How much of this offensive line, Andrew is decline and how much of it is Cincinnati and Baltimore are really good. I mean, I, I can't really speak for Cincinnati because they, they've really struggled against the run this year. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, the Ravens are one of the best front sevens I've seen this year. I mean, it really, I'll say this. See, I mean, we, we know Haloti Nagata is awesome. Yeah. We know, we know that Elvis Dumerville and Terrell Suggs are terrifying, Mm -hmm. but what really impressed me in that game was CJ Mosley. I mean, that, that dude was dominant. And, um, yeah, I mean, as a front seven, I mean, I, I talked to Goodwin about this, you know, there, there is solid of a front seven as they've played. I mean, just a really good front seven. And, you know, it's one of those things where uh, the Saints aren't, aren't going to play a front seven that good. Yeah. The rest, um, the, the rest of the offense, I thought Kenny, I thought Kenny Stills was good. I thought they, they overcame, you know, Brandon Cooks being out. I mean, I like Brandon Cooks. I think he's going to be really good, but I don't think they miss him that much. I thought, I thought Jimmy Graham did. I mean, Baltimore did okay against them, but Jimmy Graham had his moments. I, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I thought Will Hill played actually a phenomenal game against Graham. Yeah. I mean, he got he got beat occasionally, but I think overall, he, I thought he outplayed Jimmy Graham yeah. in that game. Oh, um, you know this this offense. We got we got a couple of questions, and then we'll get to the NFC South, and we'll get a game preview because me and Andrew have to get out of here. Uh, uh, Mandela says, "Why does the rest of the NFC work so hard to keep our hope? The NFC South work so hard to keep our hopes up while the season is over." Um. <laughs> well, that, that's the crazy thing about this is that the season's not over. And, and look, I know it seems ridiculous to talk about playoffs because this really is unprecedented. I think it's weird for the team to be continually losing games this, three in a row. This, Andrew, is the garbage version of Haley's Comet. It's like the comet that comes around like once every eighty, once every 85 years. The 2014 NFC South is the garbage version of Haley's Comet. Right. It's only going to come around once in a lifetime. you got to enjoy it. It's the first time in NFL history that a team three games under 500 is in first place, and it might be the first time in NFL history next week that a, that a team four games under 500 is in first place. Yeah. But no, look, I I think when when we think about all this and how the season's played out, they're still just tied for first place. And I think yeah. as a fan, like, look, I might live to regret this if they win the division and they go to the playoffs, they host the first game and let's say Seattle comes in and wins by 30 points. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to live to regret this, but I think in the back of my mind, I still think you get in and anything can happen in one game, especially yeah. if you're at home. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm going to keep rooting for them to win the division until yeah, it's done. And the thing is, people are saying, look, I want to, you know, I would rather get, if you, if you go six and 10 and you win a division, you pick 21st. If you go six and 10 and lose the division, you pick 10th. I'd rather pick 10th. Look, I'm never rooting for, I'm never rooting for a draft pick over a playoff spot because then what's the, just, I'd say what's, what's the point, but I get it. People are getting frustrated. It's, it's pathetic. And I, I, I just, Ralph, I don't buy the promise 
of a better draft pick. Yeah, exactly. Meaning more wins down the road. I rather. Because than, I, I who rather would you win. Who would you rather have, Cedric Ellis or Brandon Cooks? Who would yeah. you rather have, Jonathan Sullivan or Vaccaro? Well, that's yeah. Kind of, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> at that at this moment, that's hey, Vaccaro's already had a better career than Sullivan. Yeah, that is true. Um, you know, so and, and look, it's an extra week of football. That's what I want. Um, yeah. The thing is, it's funny with the NFC South, and, and we 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 have a friend a fr- friend of mine on Twitter. We've had him on the fa- Dave Show from the Falcoholic. I, I said with him, I think it was like five or six weeks ago. I was like, December twenty first, baby, five and ten Saints, five and ten Falcons. Who gets to six and wins the NFC South? And it's been a joke with me and him all year long. And last night, he finally tweeted. He's like, Forecast has been saying this for six weeks, that five and ten Saints, five and ten Falcons, December 21st, I think it's going to happen. I was like, damn right it's happening. It's ha- Andrew, it's happening. Saints, Falcons, December 21st for everything. It's it's. I think it's happening. I, I mean, if, if you look at how bad these teams have played, if you just look at how awful they've been, and you consider the fact that they're both four and seven right now, I don't see how in your right mind you can think that they end with a winning record out of these last five. So based on that alone, I think two and three is kind of the best case scenario for all these teams, only because they play each other. And so six and 10 probably gets it done. Now it's got to be the right two. You know, if it's for the Saints, you got to be Carolina and Atlanta. But if you get the right two, six and 10 will do it. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I mean, you look at look at you look at the you look at uh, Atlanta's schedule. Uh, host Arizona, go to Green Bay. Host Pittsburgh, go to the Saints. Host Carolina. I mean, that's a brutal schedule for them. Yeah. Uh, Carolina, Carolina might not be out of this either. I mean, they go to Minnesota this week. Um, no one's out of it. No Tampa's not out of it. You know, um, and I'll say this: for all you gotta do is win one. And I'll say this for Atlanta. I know people are like, Arizona's going to crush them. Arizona's defense might crush them. But the thing you need to, to just own Atlanta is you need either A, competent quarterback, or B, to be able to run the ball. Cleveland had one of those. They ran the ball down Atlanta's throat. Hoyer's horrible. So Cleveland couldn't finish off Atlanta. Arizona cannot run the ball. And Drew Stanton might be fucking terrible. So that might be and, – and Arizona is only favored by two, and Vegas usually gets those things right. So that's a – Yeah, I mean the only thing I'm going to say about that though is, I mean, you're not giving enough credit to Atlanta's just will to find ways. Yeah, dude, they, they – I would say – I mean that, that's a completely different thing from the Saints right now where the Saints are just god-awful and, and getting dump-trucked. I mean, Atlanta is literally finding different ways to lose. They won two they in a can. row. They won two in a row, but bookended it with two horrific losses. One to Detroit, where they were winning up. They were up twenty-one to nothing, I think. Twenty nothing at half. Twenty nothing, yeah. and uh, uh, twenty-one. Yeah, twenty to nothing, and then uh, and then this uh, this loss to Cleveland. Some, I don't know who it was in the Falcoholic, but they wrote my the, the best piece of satire for football I've read all year. They said Mike Smith is really Sasha Baron Cohen, and he was <laughs> he's just been running a prank. And he was like, I, I thought I'd get fired before this, guys, but you know, uh, I guess I got to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, just go there and read it. It's it's phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I mean they've been playing great, but um, they've been playing you know these last three they played bad. You know Cleveland's a 
they're seven and four, but I don't think Cl- Cleveland is. Cleveland is kind of the Saints with a little bit better injury luck and better in close and more luck in close games. That's what I yeah. think the difference is. But and we'll see. I mean, so now, Andrew, now, now Ralph, I know I know you're angry. So look, I, I just want to throw one thing out there real quick. What is that? When you watch the Steelers game this weekend, okay, yeah. remember Le'Veon Bell ran for over 200 yards against the Titans. It, this doesn't bode well for the Saints. They're going to be embarrassing. They're going to lose. They're going to be four and eight. You're, the whole fan base is going to want to set everything on fire again. <laughs> but I want you to remember one thing: there's still three NFC South games left. Those are the ones that matter. Yeah. So when they get dump trucked by Pittsburgh, don't sweat it too so, hard because there's three games that matter, and that's not one of them. So really, the game that matters this weekend is not the Saints game. The game that matters the most is. Atlanta and Arizona because Atlanta's at home and they have a better chance to win than the Saints. So what you're saying is after the Saints get dump trucked at 325, just take a really stiff drink and root for the Cardinals. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, all right, so so let's get to, um, <laughs> you know, let's get to the Pittsburgh game. Um, it's over. I mean, you don't even need to watch it. We're gonna watch it. Oh yeah, well I'll watch it, but I'm just telling you right now, the Saints, the Saints are not gonna win that game. I mean, the... I, I guarantee, I'm on here on this podcast right now, and I guarantee you that the Saints will lose. What will you do on the podcast if the Saints win, Andrew? Because that's what makes it fun. Yeah, I feel like I have to do a Buddy D wear a dress type thing. Well, like it's audio, so that doesn't help the people. Well, you could get your wife. Yeah, to what do you want me to do? You want me to sing like it's raining men or? Uh. Yeah, I want you – if the Saints win, I want you to sing It's Raining Men. That's okay. It's a, a good one. I'm in. Um, so – And I will sing it gloriously. <laughs> you will. Uh, it, that would be so 2014 Saints. The, 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 the ultimate 2014 Saints move would be to go to Pittsburgh. But at three straight home losses. Go to Pittsburgh – Look, in the snow. In the in the rain, in the snow, in the whatever. Look fucking fantastic. Get to five and seven. Atlanta loses. Everybody's like, oh, it's in the bag. <laughs> Carolina goes to Minnesota, gets house. Everybody's like, it's in the bag. We're going to beat Carolina, get to six and seven. We're going to practically have this shit wrapped up. And then shit the bed against Carolina at home. That would be the ultimate 2014 Saints move. But it's not happening because, dude, Pittsburgh – they have three or – they go four deep at wide receiver. They got Antonio Brown and Wheaton and, and – No, Ralph, Ralph. They, they have great receivers. That's fine. If I watch the tape and I'm Pittsburgh, I do not throw one pass. I know Roethlisberger is a good quarterback. I do not throw one pass the entire game. Not one. I wouldn't – if I was Pittsburgh, I wouldn't throw the ball, Andrew, until I was in a third and less than four. Right, exactly. You know? You mean th- third and more than four. Yeah, third and more like – Yeah, because then it's automatic. Because yeah. if, if – if, until I get to third and five, I'm not, I'm not throwing. And, uh, you know, I think the problem the Saints – I think the problem the Saints will have is I think – It'll be like Baltimore. They'll, they'll they'll be hit and miss in the run game because they'll have to sell out so much. And Pierre Warren's just going to be atrocious, taking bad angles here, bad angles there. You know they'll they'll get a stop. They'll stop him for stuff him for two, hit him behind the line for one, and then he's going to rip off a forty yarder. Like it's yep. 
Um, but I'm going to say uh, – I said in my column I didn't write a Le- – Le'Veon Bell is much scarier than Jeremy Hill and Forsett. I can oh, yeah. promise you that. Um, I didn't do a preview column. I just did a quick pick. I said run, Ren Roethlisberger throws for 400. Steelers run for 200 more. Uh, the Saints are 4-8. and eight, But they'll still be in first place in the South. The, the, the over-under for Le'Veon Bell in rushing yards, I'm setting at 150. Oh, Definitely. Definitely. Um, the only thing that gives me hope is the Steelers have lost to Tampa at home and they lost to the Jets. And they have a historic yeah. thing under Mike Tomlin when they play bad teams of playing shitty. Uh, and that's my only hope. And, and Andrew, this is my – the Saints are just a garden variety crap – Crap team, and my I, I would all, I would also bet my mortgage that Lance Moore is going to find the end zone. Oh, definitely. Um, my theory on crap teams, Andrew, is when they play at home, they can be feisty, like the Saints were against Baltimore, and they fell behind, but they keep fighting. Um, but my theory on on crap teams on the road is if you can put the foot on them early, they'll just fold up. And you can cruise. And I think yeah. it's going to be the same thing with this Steeler game. You're going to know with about five minutes to go in the first quarter, like if the Saints have any shot at all. I agree. You know, because what will happen is either the Saints will come out and score and it'll be like seven to three. And maybe, you know, maybe the Saints score and Pittsburgh kicks a field goal. And you're like, oh, it's seven to three. Or maybe, you know, the Saints jump up like 10 to nothing or 14 to nothing because they fall into a turnover. Then you're like, oh, that's good. But if Pittsburgh goes down and score, Saints go three and out and it gets to like 10 or 14 nothing, you can just it's done. So I think I think you'll know how it's going to go uh, 10 minutes in. But, Andrew, uh, before we get out of here. Um, we said all year, Dave said all year that, you know, it's going to be 10 wins in the South. That ain't happening. What a joke that is. And, and, well, now that's mathematically impossible. It's mathematically, it's mathematically impossible. Uh, so eight and eight is still possible. Seven and nine, um, is six and 10 going to win this division? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yes, I think, I think, I think it's going to end up being six and 10. But I, I think two teams will have six wins. So, you know, whether that's Carolina at six nine and one, or you know, I, Ooh, I, I favor, think, if they get to six, it favors them. Yeah, they've got yeah. to go, But they've got to go three and two the rest of the way. Right. So I, I mean, I, I just think whoever wins the division will have six wins. I, I don't think you can expect the Falcons or Saints to do any better than two and three through these yeah. next five. So I, I think it'll be six wins. But I think two teams or maybe even three will be tied with six wins. Um, so I, I think it'll come down to tiebreakers, but I think six wins will put somebody in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, go to Saints Nation. Andrew's got his grades and uh, other fun stuff. Uh, Dave couldn't make it. Kevin's on duty uh, in St. Louis with all the crisis in Ferguson, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see you Sunday. Uh, follow us. Wait, on- you're going gonna to do a prediction for me and oh, an MVP? I- I did uh, 42-21. The MVP, I guess, will be Le'Veon Bell or Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> or Lance Moore or whoever. Well, you um, got to pick one. I'll say, I'll say, uh, I'll say Bell. I mean, okay. I just, I don't, I, I just, but then again, I, I haven't gotten the Saints right all year long, Andrew. I just don't know. I just can't figure. The thing is, I can't figure out a way for the Saints to win this game because Drew Brees could. Drew Brees could play like he played against Baltimore and not have the pick six 
and it might not be enough. To me, Andrew, the absolute best case scenario for the Saints. Remember that game they played in Green Bay in 2012? Uh, yes. Where they where Sproles ran the punt back? It, no, no, the, the the 2012, that was 2011, when they played. Oh, the, oh, the one where they lost on a field goal? Yeah, they lost because Hartley yeah. made the field goal, but then they had a penalty and he missed it. Right. Um, to me, that's the absolute best case. And even if Hartley would have made that field goal, Green Bay still would have had 90 seconds left to drive down. Like, that's the best case scenario. Like, Drew Brees has to play fucking lights out perfect, and it's still might probably is it, it's even if drew Brees plays lights out perfect it's still a coin flip yep i'm saying 31 17 steelers and uh i'm gonna say Le'Veon bell is it does all the the, the all, all the hard yards you know the hard work he, yeah. he rushes for over 200 for the second consecutive week but lance moore will score two touchdowns will so i'll give it to saints lance more still will the saints still be tied for first uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say the Falcons lose. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Carolina loses in Minnesota. Uh, who does Tampa play? That's a good question. Tampa Bay Buccaneers schedule. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, Come on, you don't have this memorized? No, I don't have it. I don't. They play uh, Cincinnati? All right, I'm going to go on a crazy whim here. I'm going to say that Tampa is the lone NFC South team to win this weekend. God, they'll be, if they beat Cincinnati, they'll be, they'll be feeling fucking awesome. Yep. And the thing is with Tampa is they, they, they play competitive, but they find they're a, physical. They find a way to lose because their quarterback's atrocious. Yep. But those two receivers, if the Saints have to go to Tampa and win the final week, it's going to be a nightmare because Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson are going to eviscerate them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, go to SaintsNation.com. For Andrew, I'm Ralph. Uh, see you next week. Uh, and I don't know this season. It's just a death spiral. Just... Good luck. <laughs> I don't take into account. All I take into account is they kicked our ass today. That's what I take into account. <laughs> <laughs>